Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Groundbuster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Welcome to DBR Racing Products, the leader in 3D modeling and innovations. Since 2015, they have been revolutionizing the industry, starting with their groundbreaking YFZ450R battery boxes. But they didn't stop there. They have continued to push the boundaries, constantly improving their design with each new version. In 2018, they introduced the game-changing Vortex EXO cage, specifically designed to securely hold the Vortex ECU in a safe and sturdy location. This breakthrough innovation ensures your ECU stays protected even in the toughest racing conditions. At DBR, they understand that every detail matters. That's why they also offer an array of essential products to enhance your racing experience. Their spark plug hold downs keep your engine firing at peak performance while their LTR breather boxes ensure optimal ventilation for your machine. Their LT250 engine skid plates are a must have for those seeking unmatched protection. Engineered to shield your engine from impacts and rough terrain, they provide the ultimate defense for your ATV. But that's not all. They've developed ProPeg mounts that allow you to use TRX450R Nerf bars, giving you greater control and maneuverability on the track. To explore their full range of innovative products and learn more about DBR Racing, visit their website at www.dbratv.com. You can also reach them directly at 507-828-1233. Their knowledgeable team is ready to assist you with any questions or inquiries. DBR Racing Products, where innovation meets performance, unleash the power within you. Are you looking for the best suspension technology for your sport ATV? Look no further than Elka Suspension, the industry leader in sport ATV suspension technology. With championship wins in prestigious events such as the Dakar Rally, SCORE, Best in the Desert, ATV MX, Cross Country, and Works, Elka Suspension has established itself as the go-to choice for athletes and enthusiasts alike. But they don't just stop at ATVs. They're constantly expanding into new markets, including UTVs, trucks, SUVs, pit bikes, snowmobiles, and more. Their commitment to innovation 
and quality means they're always looking to improve and adapt so you can enjoy a smooth ride wherever you go. Want to learn more about what Elka Suspension can do for you? Visit their website at elkasuspension.com or give them a call at 450-655-4855. They will always be happy to answer your questions and help you find the perfect suspension solution for your needs. Hey everybody, we have a special, special guest in the house. Uh, so this is a, a non-normal for me and I'm sorry that I'm stuttering, but when you're in the presence of royalty in the ATV world, it's a little hard to deal with. And yeah, I'm not trying to make your head swell, Hannah, but uh, I really appreciate you coming and sitting down. Everybody, Hannah Hunter, thank you for coming to ATV Talk. Bob Klein, thank you for coming to ATV Talk. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so... By chance, on a phone call less than a week ago, Bob and I kind of set this up vaguely, and they're in town for the Supercross, and wow, what an amazing thing for me to have you in my studio to be able to talk to you about a sport that I love so much, and then you brought along a soon-to-be legend, and that's even better, so uh, thank you so much. Um how did you guys connect? How did you and Hannah get together as far as sponsor writer? I guess it was roughly three years ago. Um, once I retired from racing, I was helping people to continue the sport on in ATV racing. And um, as we're moving along, when the time came up, when Hannah came up, um, I was looking for a rider and I just started looking through and I found somebody who was from Pennsylvania, and that was like a go-getter. And figured, okay, she's on a Honda, which okay, that's even better. Yeah, okay, but I ran Honda all my life, and um, so I got a hold of her. I guess it was on Facebook, and um, contacted her and said, "Hey, would you be interested in support?" And she, you know, what do you have to offer? I said, "Well, you know, I'll just give support. You know, I'll give some money to you." I'll keep your racing going. So me and my wife, Kelly, and Hannah and her mother, we met in Hamburg, Pennsylvania at some restaurant, and we had to sit down and talk for like an hour or so, and we told her what I had to offer her and shook hands on it. From there, we've been helping her out since. That's pretty awesome stuff right there. And you're a former racer yourself. You know, you, you race cross country, you race black water. Yes. Nothing like the machines that we're riding today. No. Yeah, <laughs> no. Night and day difference. Right. Yes. Incredible. So when you hear the stories of the old time riders, what do you think being in the era of today, you guys are ride Cadillacs to the Pintos that we used to ride? Yeah, it's definitely um, more nicer suspension and a smoother ride, but they definitely had harder tracks. We got right open tracks and it's definitely faster, faster times. Do you think that the level of, well, especially in the women's world, do you think that the, the machines have brought on more women or just the growth in the sport? Definitely growth in the sport. Um, Tracy Pickens definitely brought in a lot, but um, growth in the sport definitely was a big role part of it. 
Nice, nice. Well, Bob, I don't mean to ignore you on this, but I'm, I got a couple questions I want to direct directly to you. So based on the fact that you come from an athletic background, and if you don't mind, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Beans that you came from as a high school wrestler, that's an aggressive singular sport where you're all by yourself out there. How much difference mental preparation to wrestle to race is there? Well, I started um, racing in 2010 when I was about nine years old. And um, it was definitely, I mean, I've done it my whole life, but wrestling was definitely a tougher sport being with the boys. And I did it um, through middle school and through high school. So, um, yeah, it was definitely tougher, but I mostly did it for the conditioning for racing and just to stay my um, stay in shape over the winter. And, yeah. That's that's still the fact that you took the initiative to understand you needed to be better shape. How the conditioning from wrestling to riding? How much do you think that helped you? Oh, hundred percent helps you. Uh, helps you hundred percent. There's nothing like a wrestling conditioning out there. All those younger kids out here. No, not, that's, <laughs> that's great to tell them. You got to let them know. Yeah. Bob, when you were racing, because I know this from my time, did you even think of training? All we did was rode every day. We rode our railroad tracks, we rode hills, we went to a place called Tower City on the weekends just to get like some practice in. But going to the gym or anything like that, there was none of that. We just rode, 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 rode. I come from athletics, football, wrestling, things like that, where you know we were already into some type of sporting event. But I never thought of going to train to ride. You know, like go to the gym or do this or do that, like these kids do now. Where I mean, they have a whole platform just to train from. You know, I think some of it stems from the motocross world, you know, getting to see some of the videos from all the motocross guys, you know, with all the things they do. But, yeah, going and riding was all we did. Yeah, that's all we did. Yeah, there was, like I said, no training at all. Just jump in the machine and, and ride. So when you go to a cross-country race today and you look at what they get to ride based on what I know of you guys used to ride in, in the past, how narrow the courses were, how rough they were, what are you? What advice do you give them today? You know, means that you're kind of an old school cross country rider versus the new school cross country rider. They have it easy now. <laughs> they do. I ain't taking nothing away from them. There's a lot of good riders in cross country. A lot, and you know, fast. But what we did compared to what they do today, it's just unbelievable. Like back in the day, if you come up. With one minute and 59 seconds, or one hour and 59 minutes left on the clock, you went back out for another lap. They don't cut it 10, 15, 20 minutes before the two-hour mark's up. You went back out. And we got a flat tire then. You rode that flat tire. You get back in your pits and got another tire. And there was no quick fills then. Right. We used a milk jug yep. with a knife. And it worked. It's actually faster in a quick fill because we proved that back in 1985 with Team Honda. Right. But um, it's just, and then like I said, when Dave Coombs set the courses up, he would leave stumps stiff up. 
company cut trees to make the course just so you would get a flat tire. Now it just seems like a motocross track. Like I said, I'm not taking nothing away from them. It's great. I love watching racing, but it's definitely different from when we did it. It was tough. I mean, you got beat up. Well, I remember, you know, slime and fix a flat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. I carry a couple cans of that with me. And, and, I mean, that's what we had for tires. Now, today, um, I don't know if you run tire balls or tire blocks, but you have an insert. You don't even have to worry about it, do you? No. Have you ever had a flat? Uh, you still get flats, but with the tire balls, you still notice as much. Right. So, in the tire ball world that I've used, we always set them up with no air. Yep. So, it's just ball, yep. and, you know, and we'd have to pop three or four. Yeah, in my retires, I run no balls just because of my weight. I mean, no, not no balls, no air, just because of my weight, and, and if not, I still have air. Right. It, do you deem that you have a traction issue because you're smaller? Uh, sometimes, yeah, but I don't, it doesn't affect me. Do you do any offset with maybe a different gearing or some tire grooving maybe? Oh, yes, I groove the tires in the back, and, but that's about it. Right, but no, uh, no change of the gear? No, no, just really much. That's, that's incredible stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> no offense, but you're 22 years old? 21, yeah. 21, and you've been a professional women's racer for how long? Uh, this is going to be my fifth year. Five years. She's a Wait baby. A and she's years. a five, six-year pro. Wow. What was it like coming up with Tracy? Oh, it was amazing. You know, she taught me. I did a couple lessons at her house and watched her my whole life. But it was pretty amazing. Smart lady. Yeah. So you got... How I got to know you was because I started this podcast and, you know, I had to start checking results for the men and the women. And that's why I kept seeing your name, kept seeing your name. and People would talk to me about you. And then there was this video, this amazing, amazing video of Hannah Hunter on a TRX 250R. I love watching this video. Um, <laughs> A, because I love the two-stroke stuff, and B, you rip. Uh, 250R is definitely fun. I can't wait till I can rebuild it and get it back out there for uh, another video. <laughs> I, there, I'd be loving to come and see that or be part of it or help you any way I can because, young lady, that video, it just goes off the charts. Everybody that sees it loves it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I almost wish they'd bring back two-strokes. Two you know, uh, no, I don't think that good. I don't think that they're going to. Um, being that you've ridden a, a vast number of machines, do you think ever going to hybrids would be the thing to do in the woods? Uh, personally, no. Uh, the machines right now are perfectly fine. Uh, hybrid is a good advantage if you have money, <laughs> but um, you don't need it. It's not gonna. It's not gonna win your races. It's the person that's gonna win the race. You think the production machine will suffice, and is it all about supporting Yamaha, or just the fact that it's a production machine? Just a production machine. I mean, I get their point of the non-production, but I think uh, more production teams like Honda should come out with one, or someone else should come out with a production quad, that rather than a hybrid quad. Right, I agree with that. I think we need the factories to come back. 
you got to ride in an era when the factories were there. Honda, there was a little bit of Yamaha, a little bit of Kawasaki. I don't know how much they transitioned into the cross-country world. Uh, uh, Tom Tokay is going to come on the show and talk about it, and a couple of the other guys. Uh, I had Tick Trey on. What What was your involvement with the factories? Well, I got to race against them. It was, I looked up to all of them. They were my idols. Hart, Co, Sundahl, Sparks, Wax. Actually, we got real close with Wax. We raced out in Washington State two different years, and then he came to the East Coast. Um, we become, you know, close back then. I mean, I haven't talked to him in forever. But anyways, it was really nice to be able to meet these guys all at the racetrack when they came to the East Coast and race against them, which we held our own. I mean, in 85, we were at Orlando Lens. It was my third race ever in the cross country, and Team Honda was there. And um, I was ahead of Sparks the whole race in the four stroke three wheel class. And um, it was the last lap, I remember, heading for the finish. And there was like a bottleneck at the top of this one muddy hill. It was real muddy. At this point, I had no goggles on, no glasses. It was tough to see. And I went up this hill, and these guys were bottled up. And I had to turn around and come back down. And when I did, Sparks had passed me. Oh. And I, I followed him across the finish line, which made me feel good because here I am running with Tim Hunt, the guy. Right. And then watching, hearing about everything that happened with the two strokes, with Tom Toke, Kelly, and um, Marty Hart, it was awesome to understand. Because I, I heard that I wasn't there to witness it, but they came in the same time during one of the pits for fuel, and they had to quick fill. Our gang with Tom Toke had the milk jug, and Tom was filled fuel faster than they were, and off he went. And he actually won that race. And he, you know, he beat Hart by like three minutes and Co by like nine minutes in that race. And I have the, I have the results sheet. Do you? Yes. Well, I have a print picture of the results. Sheet. Okay, awesome. But that was that was huge. When that happened, it was like, all right, us privateers are somebody, and it made it made us. So even though I didn't win the race. I felt good about it because we ran with them. And after that, Tom Toke got picked up by Honda as a support leader. Right. And it was it was great. But yeah, running with those guys, we ran with them. The Big Bear, I finished behind Mark Wexendorfer, the Big Bear. He took first, I took second. And um, ran with them at Blackwater, which none of them ever went Blackwater. That was a little different ballpark for the Oh, yeah. That was a different ballpark for everybody. A lot of luck involved in Blackwater. Yeah. Usually, half the people never finish the race. And you know, one thing about Blackwater, let's just change the subject, but I know usually it was two laps. But I tell you, after you ran that first lap and you went through those barrels, you just had this feeling. It's like, I have to do it again. <laughs> you know, it's just because you knew that second lap was nothing like the first lap. Right. It was ne nothing was the same. Nothing. It was completely different. What was all grass and weeds? Now it's just 
buttholes because the entries that they added that were record. Yeah, it's five hundred. Yeah, they just after that many machines go through there, they just destroy it. They did. Yeah. The first year I ran it, um, I didn't finish. Um, I didn't get out of the woods at eight o'clock that night. I was I was going fast. I was I was I just come off a motocross racing and I jumped into the cross country series and um, I didn't find this out until after the race. My friend Tiger LeBron started thirty fifth in the race. I started one hundred and forty fourth. And by the six mile marker, I passed him. And by the seven mile marker, my rims are destroyed. I just from hitting the rocks and you find rocks, you pound the rims out. I had to fix the front of the fanny pack and to fix the flat on my front fender. And it got to the point where I used it all up. And he got by me then, and and uh, I made it a couple more miles on flat tires. But the, the guys were making their second lap already. Teddy Trey passed me on his second lap, and he was in the top five at the time. And um, he just passed me, and I'm just limping along with his flat tires. And there he is sitting there, break down. I said, what happened, Ted? He said, take your chain. Took my chain off of my 350X, put it in his 250R, and he finished the race in the top five. And so they got someone out to get me, who had a chain on my bike and two flat tires. It was 8 o'clock at night. And then Tyler LeBron told me, he says, you were flying. I said, what do you mean? He said, no one passed me. The six mile marker to you passing the first person to pass. And you started way well. I started at 144, and he started 35. And it just, I just destroyed the machine. So in 86, I got the red dot, um, Douglas Wheels, and Tim Orchard built me rings and reinforced them. We ran the Carlisle Trail Pros, which is a huge tire. Right. Carlisle Trail Hawk in the Sun. 23 and a half inch tire and went out and won in 86 and came back and won again in 88. So we, we had Blackwater down, but it was still, it's for the toughest race, it's definitely Blackwater. Nothing tops it. And they have nothing like that in the cross country season. Nothing. The closest thing is Snowshoe. I never ran Snowshoe. They say it's close, but from everything I ever ran, I don't think anything's ever going to top Blackwater. Would you like to see a Blackwater come into your world and, and race something iconic like that? Um, yeah, I definitely would have liked to race it, but with the amount of people there, and uh, people just don't know how to ride nowadays, it's, it's just kind of going to be insane. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get an opportunity to ride with people lesser than your skill, that's just an obstacle in the portion of the race yep. that, that you get to deal with. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You definitely get to deal with a lot of lappers, but it's a it's a great opportunity to get better skills and get better passing at people. Has anybody reached out to you to ride any of the West Coast style desert racing or anything like that? There's a couple of people that want me to come out, and oh, I got the opportunity next weekend. I'll be at the Works Racing, see where I can stand. Nice, and you'll be riding. Uh, I I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but you're going to be riding one of Bo Barron's machines. Yes. Yeah, he's a very talented guy. Uh, 
so he's only won that series 11 times. So, I love Bo Barron. He is so super nice. He is a champion's champion as far as men go and, and the amount of advice that he'll give and how helpful he is. The best thing about Bo is he doesn't give you any advice unless you ask. Yep. You know, ask it's an open book. <laughs> oh, it's great. I think, you'll, I think you'll like him. I think you'll get along great with him. Yeah, you can't know. wait to meet him. Oh, he's super dude. I enjoy him. <clears throat> Did you set that up, or is that something that, that Anna set up? Yes. I met Bo back years ago with um, Mike Caffrey introduced him to him. Okay. And um, that's how I got to meet Bo. And then we kind of kept in touch over the years. And then I have some friends that are racing TT races back in the East Coast. Um, Cole and Kiefer Moore, Mac Moore sons, which I raced with Mac Moore, three wheelers. Okay. And... Um, I called Bo one day and said, hey, can you send some posters and autographed for these two kids? Because the boys are young then. And he autographed them and mailed them right in. No, no problem. And then um, when I said to Hannah one day, I said, hey, would you mind? Would you be interested in a, a works race? Oh, I'd love that. So let me see what I can do. So I, I gave Bo a call and Bo didn't think twice about it. He says, yeah, we can fix you up. We'll make it happen. And he made it happen and here we are. Gotta love that. That's. I, I think that you're really going to enjoy it. Do you see a difference between off road riding and and riding in the woods? Well, yes and no. The woods is definitely more adrenaline. I think. I don't know. Um, just dodging the trees. But I mean, I never raced in the desert. I've never been out here out on the west coast. So I'm sure it's definitely more. Uh, Definitely a lot of speed, which is makes your adrenaline go. But I think it's gonna be fun. I think the speed's gonna be the difference for yeah. you. Um, I know Glen Helen's kind of an iconic race course, anyways. If they have it set up correctly, mm-hmm. um, I think you'll have a blast because they always have fun race courses there. You know, and if they allow you guys to shoot the big hill, you know, Mount St. Helen, uh, I think you'll enjoy that as well. It's, it's it's just an iconic place to race. Granted, personally, I've never had good success there, but you know, we've won a few races and had some bad luck there. But yeah. uh, it's just one of those really iconic places, and I think you'll enjoy it. Um, as far as that goes, since this is an old time three wheeler guy, where's your three wheeler video? Uh, he he actually just gave me a seventy, and I just fixed it up and. Actually, been riding it in the snow at home, but I have no videos yet. Well, I'm talking about a real three wheeler. Uh, I don't have any. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna have to hook her up with David Ham and David Wiley, and and make this happen because yeah. these are guys out here in Arizona that race uh, hybrid three wheelers, so they're uh, CRFs or TRX 450Rs converted. And um, we just did a, a big story in uh, Buckeye, Arizona. All right. Valeria and I went out and uh, filmed it, so uh, expect a call. All right. Yeah. One of these guys are going to want to, you know, get you out and try <laughs> you out on <laughs> Yeah, get you out to the desert yeah. and try you out on a three-wheeler. Uh, I've ridden the 250Rs, 350Xs, 200Xs. My very first race was on a 200X, mm-hmm. and um, on a three-wheeler, that is, and uh, I ran over my leg. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these modern day four stroke three wheelers, incredible. Have you tried one yet? No. 
Uh, you will. So the difference between the machine she rides and what we rode in four as four as far as four wheelers go. That's what it's like with the modern day three wheeler. These things are plush. They have great power. They're they're stable. Just fun to ride. You know. So when you were being taught how to ride a four wheeler, did anybody? take you and want to teach you how body English works? See, on a four-wheeler, it's not as important. Yeah. But on a three-wheeler, body English body, body English is yeah. everything. So, ride that 70. It's still not like riding yeah, a real three-wheeler. But a lot of times you have the earlier camps on top of the seat. Right. Yep. But soon, I'm a friend of mine B.J. Allman, Bruce Allman, he has um, Blue Line Graphics. He does graphics, um, vintage graphics for people and graphics for present writers right now. And he helped me out put together my 86 350X three-wheeler, the one that I won Black Border winning for the championship of the year. We get it all back together. It's like 95% done. It just needs oil and gas and a couple more things done and brake fluid in it. Told her what it's done, she could my place next time. She'd thank you for the ride. The machine is the only 350X. Nice. And super enjoyable machine to ride. I don't think it's as cool as the modern day stuff, but they're enjoyable machines. <laughs> and, you know, they kind of got a bad rap back when the three wheelers were the thing. And now everybody loves them. It was a TV show. It, it killed them. Well, no, I mean, not. Not, I didn't mean that portion. The 350X didn't get the claim to fame oh, that the 250R. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. It was only up two years, 85 and 86. Yeah, it was a great machine. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and, then, and then 2020 happened, you know. Yep. Or 60 minutes, one of the two. Yep. Yep, that's what killed it. So, Hannah, what are your future goals for your ATV career? Where, where do you think it's going to go from here? Oh, I, I definitely would like to beat Tracy Pickens' record. Um, that's my biggest goal. Uh, just to try to be the uh, best I can and just promote it as best as I can, bring on the younger generation, and just see how far I can take it. Being that you're a three-time champ, and unfortunately for your camp, you ended up number two this year, um, you have Jessica mm -hmm. and you have Chloe. They're both very fast young oh, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, what do you have to change and do different to compete with that? Uh, it's mostly just mindset, but actually I've changed a lot this year, as most people know, but we'll see where it takes me, and hopefully it's a good change. Well, that's what we always hope, that they're yeah. good changes, but you know, until you get out on the track, yeah. I'm sure Bob's advising you well on the directions and how to take care of things yeah. to make it to make it better for you. Yeah, you can feel good out riding, but it's definitely different on the track. That being said, when you're training, do you train extra hard? Or are you like some riders where they're just out there playing around and, and never get to race pace? No, I, I train. I, I go out. I mean, I don't get to ride as much as most people do, but I try to go out every weekend and go out ride my hardest, just get my laps in, and I'll play around a little bit, but I mostly just go out and ride as hard as I can to 
I mean, I think it's race-based, but you never know. <laughs> right, that, right. Um, is What other things, forms of training do you do besides getting on the back of that four-wheeler? Um, I just started going to the gym about two years ago. I've been doing that. Um, that's pretty much it. I've, I work landscaping with my dad over the summer, and, and that's about it. That's a tough job. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I was talking to Jessica, you and her have do the similar jobs? Yeah, she owns her own landscaping business, and my dad owns his. Oh, that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Is it standard stuff, or is it custom? Um, we do pretty much everything. Grass mowing, trees, papers, and all that. Nice. So you have something to fall back on after... If I want to. <laughs> right. Well, that means you're going to run the company. I didn't necessarily think you were going to be out there one laying the pavers. Uh, maybe. My brother wants to do that. He wants to run the company? Yeah. <laughs> Who's tougher? Harvey. All right. <laughs> Great. Got a little family rivalry going on here. <laughs> Excellent. Does your brother race? He, yeah, he did. Um, he's taking a year off this year, but... Nice. Into that age where you gotta pay for everything. <laughs> that makes it a little difficult. Yes, yeah. it makes it a little difficult. Bob, I know that you guys have been together for a little while and you've got some changes in your program. What do you see the future as? You know, how far along do you think that you're going to go with them? Or how far do you think she can go? I think she'll be far. It's in her heart. It's in her blood. She wants to do it. She has a goal. She's going for it. Deep down. Yes. Yes. She'll do it. She'll do it. I know she will. I know, I know how she feels about it, and she wants to do it. How excited do you get standing on the sidelines watching it? Beans that you, that was you years ago. Go, go, go. Go faster. You're catching her. Go. You know, we're like, we're, we're catching up. Go. You know, whatever. Just right. go. But, yeah, we cheer we cheer all. We get to a couple of races a year. But it, it's, it's fun to go. It's We enjoy, you know, helping her out. Being able to watch her and do what we can to help her out. That's so kind of like one of your kids. It is. She's like, I mean, yes, she has a mom and dad, but to her, she's like a daughter to me and Kelly. That's that's awesome. They got somebody that that thinks that much of you mm-hmm. and that supports you that much. As far as passion goes, where do you think the passion for racing comes from? Um. My dad used to be a mechanic for Matt Smiley, you know him back yeah. in the day, and um, used to work for Maxis a little bit, like at the races. And he he brought me into it, and just that adrenaline rush, and I've been doing it mostly my whole life. And I just love it so much. I mean, I don't even know what I would do without it. Well, that's good. Yeah, Matt, I, I haven't heard a lot from him. Yeah, he's a uh, grandpa now. <laughs> yeah, but he's a quiet. But he's a quiet man. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, yes. Yeah, he he was out here on the West Coast when we were had the team that we were supporting back east, something around the cross country stuff. He was on one of the riders that was on that group, and uh, yeah, he's a good dude. He just, just didn't talk very much. Yeah, <laughs> he was um, about ten minutes from us, and my dad's best friend with him, so I've known him. Known him your whole life. Yep. Did he has he had any handlings with your program or riding or anything like that? Not really. I mean, once he was done, he was done. He, he sold everything and started his own business, and that's pretty much what he's doing. Well, that's 
that's the story you get from a lot of guys. Yep. You know, they, they just, or a lot of people. Yep. When they're done, they're done. <clears throat> that being said, do you think Tracy's going to come back? Uh, she said she was done for next year, but she might do a couple. I could see it. You don't think she's coming back in 2024? No, she, I don't think so. But she said she's done. It's getting older. At 47 um, years old. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's still insane. <laughs> exactly. So so you think you're 21 and she's 47. That's a lot of years to race. More than double. Yeah. 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 You, could, you could go. You could keep going. Yep. That's that's great. Uh, I love it. You know, I never thought that I would stop going to the races and wrenching and stuff. But but there is there is light at that time at that yeah. tunnel. You know, there is a stopping point. Do you ever want to go ride again? Oh, I'd love to. I would love to. I, I have one more thing in my bucket list. I want. I was I was offered to go out and do Baja years ago with my Catherine, but I just never had the time to get there. And train for it, and I I gave up racing probably late ninety somewhere, and I always had the Baja and Pikes Peak on my bucket list, and it just never happened. And then um, there was uh, an article in a magazine about race to the clouds. And I got reading it with John Angel and Jim Gers. They were the roost at Pikes Peak. And I was reading this like, man, I gotta get back into this. So I said something to my wife. I said, you know what? I think we're going to do Pikes Peak. Come out of retirement. So I got a new quad, a used quad, built a new one, practiced on a used one. And um, we went out and got third place the first year. I was only going to go out one year and do it, but I liked it so much. So we went back out a second year, and I got second. And then I figured, okay, I'm done. That was 2009. And then before the 2010 season came up, the guys I raced with, Blake Clark from uh, North Dakota, Mike Taylor from Arizona, I raced with all the guys out there, become friends with all the guys. So. You're talking, you got to come back. You know, it goes three, two, one. I said, it doesn't happen that way. It could be three, two, ten. So um, I said to Kelly, Kelly says, just do it. Do it one more time. I said, okay. So I called my engine builder up, Tom Carlson, TC Racing. I said, Tom, we're going to go for it one more time. So he said, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to lighten this bike up. We're going to give it more horsepower. You need to lose weight. Okay, so we did all that. We went out and won. And I hold the fastest qualifying record time that can never be broken. It was when it was on dirt and asphalt. Now it's all asphalt. Of right. course, they stopped racing the ATVs there. Right. But um, after that was done in 2010, I didn't want to get out of it. I wanted to keep my fingers in it. So I picked up a bunch of riders. I had all these 450 quads. And I offered to him, say, do you want to ride this? And Kelly Winters, she was running local motocross, and she wanted to do national TT. So I set her up, and she did that. Landon Myers, I put him on my big bar. He went out, he won on that. And then I sponsored a girl in Maryland, Becca Zafia, on a motorcycle. 
and then uh, Shannon Bradshaw, she was in cross country. And then down the road, I picked up Angel Atwell, which is uh, Angel Keen uh, Out. I helped her out. And then, um, like I said, I just kept my fingers in it because I couldn't get out of it because it gives me a reason to go to the races because I have drivers there. Right. You know? So then um, when things started so slowing down and, and I decided, you know, I seen Hannah was out there, you know, maybe just do like a one rider thing and then that way I still have my fix. So Hannah is the one that keeps the blood circulating in my body. They do the fist pumps. Come on, girl, let's go. Let's do it, you know. Still, so still at it. when David Ham calls and asks Hannah to ride three-wheelers in Vegas Torino, does that mean that Bob Klein's going to come and race three-wheelers in Vegas Torino? I'll be there. I don't know if I'll race, but... Oh, come on. You said you got, well, you said you got one more You got one more deal on your bucket list. I know Vegas oh, Torino's not... Oh, yeah. Well, not... Baja, but yeah, I'm sure Kelly wouldn't be too mad. Well, my other, my other, uh, she's saying no. Since she's I'm at the age no. of 62 now, I think the Baja's off the list, unless I'm in a side by. Let's play careful. I want to give me a side by side race, but anyways, <laughs> um, what I really like to do, I like to build a single cylinder four stroke non aerodynamic and try and break the uh, salt flat lake record. I love it tough. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Oh, I love to do that. I love speed. I love speed. I I would love to do salt. That's I like this. I don't have to work out for salt flats. Right. I just get on it and twist the you know twist the throttle or push the thumb throttle, whatever it is. You know. Well, you I've had the fastest woman on the planet on my show. Really? Yeah. Cool. Um, she rode. Uh, they call it a motorcycle. I don't call it a motorcycle because it's a tube. Oh, a rocket. Yeah. Yeah, but she wrote it. And she's driven cars and everything. Um, I apologize for the moment. I can see her face. I remember the conversation. I can't remember her name. I'd have to go back and do it. But yeah, I had her on the show. Uh, randomly one day, streaming through uh, stories on Facebook. And there she was. I DM'd her. She said, sure. I'll do the show. Learned, I learned a lot about yeah. that kind of activity. But Hannah... Besides cross country, and obviously you're getting to go do a works race, have you done any TT racing? Because I know Bob has his hand a little bit that direction. I got the chance to do it last year, but I decided not to with the championship being as close as it was. I decided not to risk anything, but maybe I'll get the chance another time. Do you think motocross could, could possibly be something that you go do? Mm, I stay on the ground. <laughs> oh, you don't like to jump? Nope. <laughs> so Miss Osborne in the motocross series is something to watch. Huh? Yeah, she's she's pretty impressive. <laughs> oh yes, she is. Yes, she is. When you go watch her against the boys, you'd think if you didn't know that it was a girl. Oh yeah. You'd think, man, she is just she's as honorary as the boys. You know. That being said, have you ever thought of trying XC two or maybe XC one in the afternoon? Oh, maybe college A, but or junior A, but uh, definitely not XC two. Why? I def I'd definitely like to try a, a PM race. Could you? Do you think you could race the AM race and then go race the PM race, or physically? I don't, I don't think they allow that. Okay, because it'd be cheating because you saw the course. Maybe. <laughs> 
probably. I don't know what the rule is, but I don't think I think it has to do with that. It you probably do, is. Yeah, they don't want you to seen the course and, yeah. and then go out there and ride it. Do you do any riding on motorcycles or anything like that? No. <laughs> I'm not that good on two wheels. Well, I mean, I, I can ride one, but I, I definitely don't race it. Really? Yeah. Just, just strictly ATVs? Yep. You need to get her out on some different tracks. Get her out on some different environments. She's there. I mean, she wants to ride the. I, I still have the machine that I run Pike's Peak on. It's still set up for racing. I told her anytime she wants to go like the Ashtabula, a great track to go to. Oh yeah, she's it's iconic. Oh yeah, she's welcome to do it. Yeah, that. I think that at night under the lights, TT racing is. Poetry in motion. When you get to watch, that's like, so you see an ATV jump, you see it go through the bumps, she's in the woods, in the mud. Yeah. Okay, it looks good, right? It looks cool. But when you watch it, a TT bike drift through the turn at night with all the glisten and glimmer and just, it, it's natural. That's its natural environment for that machine at that speed. It's it's just something that I've always liked and enjoyed when you get to watch that. You don't get to see many night events anymore, but man, those are just fun to watch. It's really cool stuff. So you guys are here for Supercross, and you know, if I could ask, who's your guy in Supercross? Uh, Jay uh, Sexton or Kevin Oxen. Jay Sexton or Kevin Oxen. How about you? Jet. Jet? The Jet. Yeah. It's so definitely hard to beat. So what's what allures you to chase? Just the drive of Chase Sexton and Kevin Roxon. Well, I can understand Roxon. Yeah. But I'm trying to understand the chase part. Oh no. <laughs> you just like it. I guess. <laughs> okay. Well hey. I don't, I don't watch it much, but You don't watch much Supercross? No. I mean when I get a chance I'm not like a super fan. <laughs> My son is super into it, so I have to, hey, I listen to what he says, and then I do also go through the results, because I have a motorsports show, and I'll be doing a uh, morning show uh, that's my live on YouTube in the mornings. We'll be doing a Supercross show, or a couple of them this year, so I do have to watch a portion of it. Uh, do you watch any other forms of racing, any car racing, any other motorcycle racing? Anymore? I don't really watch any TV or watch much. That's amazing. <laughs> you know what is it? Phone based time, or is it where you work so hard that you got to sleep? <laughs> no, uh, I mean I work and then I try to work out. Um, I do all the mechanics on my bike right now. Really? Yep, and. Uh, when it's nighttime, I usually just play on the game with my boyfriend and a couple other friends, and it's playtime. So, means that you do most of the mechanic stuff yourself. I'm, I'm assuming that's not the engine work, but it's make, maintaining the yeah. chassis, changing the oil, stuff, that kind of stuff. Uh, do you have uh, helpers doing that with you, or or did you have guidance, somebody teaching you how to do all that? My dad did it for the longest time. I mean, he still helps me, but... He taught me everything. Nice. It's about a father-daughter time. Yep. Exactly. That That's incredible. I really enjoy hearing stories like that. Uh, do you ever get this guy to come over and help you? 
Uh, it's about two, two, two and a half hours away. Yeah. It's, it's only a drive. <laughs> I mean, you don't have nothing else to do, do you? I always have something to do. Just throwing that out there because, you know, as much as I enjoy working on them, I enjoy passing on knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that everybody has everything they need. Uh, it's difficult. It really is difficult to pass some of that knowledge on because everybody's so opinionated. Yeah, yeah. You know. But that's good that you're working on the machine so that if you ever do get a full time race mechanic or mechanic, you'll be able to look over their shoulder and yeah, watch what they're, yeah, watch what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you come from the time when we had a pickup truck, a toolbox, and our bike. Yes. There were no toy haulers. There was like no campers. Everything was shoved into a little box van or a paddle van or I've seen three wheelers come to the races already in the trunk of a car. Yep. I seen one come strapped to the roof of a car one time. But then like I said, they sleep in sleeping bags, they put tents up and sleep in the back of a pickup truck or a picnic table. That's where we came from. The love of the sport. Yeah. You know, there's no money in it. There was, no, there was, it wasn't. There wasn't. I was lucky. I had a couple of sponsors back in the day. Like Carmel on the counter, coffee, stuff like that. They're making on the shelf, have been shelved out. But other than that, you're on your own. Right. Yeah. Uh, no one was getting nothing out there. No. And you, if you did get something, you would better be taking care of them and oh, saying yeah. thank you and yes. running decals and, yep. you know, bringing them customers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but mainly, pickup trucks. Sleeping bags, you know, you had your toolbox, your pickup truck, and then, I mean, you didn't, there was no amenities. No, there wasn't. Nope. Sleeping on the tailgate, you know, or, or whatever it yeah. was. And, and, and there wasn't as many overnight races, you know, or people didn't spend as many overnights. No. And you didn't go to hotels because they were too expensive. Yeah. You know. How does that work for you when you when you guys come into the race? Do you guys usually come in on Friday or, or Thursday? Oh, uh, we leave Thursday night, so we come in Friday morning usually with a truck and toy holder. We leave right after the race Saturday pro race. Right after the pro race, you stay yeah. and watch the pro race. Yeah. Who's who's your idol in cross country? Oh, Tracy Pickens. Okay. My boys. In the on the man on the male side. Uh, Chris Borch, um, he's, he's taught me a lot, too. Oh, too, he's yeah. pretty fast, too. Yeah, he's, uh, I think he's a legend. Paul Walker. I mean, you got two of them there. They're, they're both seven-time champs, and they're yep. both still racing. Yep. That's, that's pretty incredible. Did you get to ever watch Balance Ride or any of those no, guys? No, I didn't. Right. That's, there's some, there's some big history in the names in the cross country, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, I haven't got balance on the show yet, but I hope to one day. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, he won nine, nine in a row. Yep. And he developed a Yamaha program. Yep. Yep. And that's, I remember when we started working with the Vortex, the ECU, with, with him, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we got a prototype and we sent it to uh, Paul Turner. Yep. And Paul Turner was working with him. And, they ran it just in raw form. I mean, it wasn't even, we weren't even totally done developing yet. And they loved it. And we, uh, 
made some other adjustments and changes, and then they got a production model, and uh, they ran the standard maps for a little while, then they made their own maps. And, uh, yeah, that was a great era. It was a great, fun time to be involved with the, the 450Rs. I think that that's one thing that, that your generation's going to miss mm -hmm. until we get a new machine is the creativity that Bob and I both got to experience where we were involved in developing the machines, you know, because they came off the showroom for one way. You changed them all up. <laughs> and everything's yeah. different. Like the Yamaha that you ride now. I mean, you look how many years, it's 20 years of development for the platform that you get to buy. And they still sell it today. Yep. That's, it's incredible. I mean, TRX 250Rs, you can, you can build one from scratch. Do you guys, do you get into any of the old restoration stuff uh, on your own? Uh, anything that, that no. would bring you back that far? Not really. I mean, we, we built some stuff over the years. It was oddball stuff. When we started doing the flat tracking, we dropped a 350X motor and 250R frame. Tom Carlson punched it out to a 550. And that was, it was unbelievable. It was fixed. It was fixed. Very fixed. But we, we built three of them like that. We built two of them in ours, and we put one in a 250X. It's when um, they had the new engines. The engines were new. Honda tore all the three rollers apart. I guess they needed to turn on the engines or go tech school from California. Right. And they had so many of them. Some of these ATV shops that come up with them. And when we found out about them, we started buying them up. And they were brand new. They were fresh motors, so we were modifying them and putting these R-frames and X-frames. And they were... We called one the Rex and the other one uh, the Little Monster or the Indiax. And they were just well machines. It's 350X and the, the 250 frame was just like. Do you know what happened to those machines? Which machines? With the. Oh, yeah. You saw. Um, you saw a friend of mine. A friend of mine bought the one which is still floating around. It's blue now. It still has the, the same motor in it, the same frame. And my friend Mac Moore, I mentioned earlier, he modified the frame for me. Tom Carlson wanted the frame notched out so the exhaust pipe could run straight instead of curving the right side of the fender. Mm -hmm. And Mac Moore's good fabricator modifications of that. that. That machine was unbelievable. But yeah, the people I worked with build that. So Tom Carlson and Mac Moore. And Mac was there with me at the track to keep that thing tuned in. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yes. They are still around. Nice. Yes. That's that's so cool. Yeah. <clears throat> what are your plans for coming up in 2024? Uh, well, see where first race goes and take it from there. Um, obviously try to win it and just do the best I can. Where's your favorite race? My favorite one? Uh, Snowshoe or the Boy Scout King. Definitely, yes. The, those two are the toughest races, I think, and I definitely like more of that rocky situation. It's where I grew up riding all rocks. Okay. So, so is it is it the 
technical aspect of the rocks that that you enjoy because you have to be more technical, or is or is it just because everybody else isn't prepared for it? Why the technical situation of it? Um, I don't know. Just see different lines of people, I guess. Right. Right. People getting stuck. It's you get try to get around them. Just pretty cool. Do you have any issues with the lappers when you're when you're riding? I mean, everyone has issues with them, but uh, it happens. <laughs> Are you allowed to put a horn on your machine or on your body like the 4x4 guys? I think we are, but no one has done it yet. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. No, Doug Eichner used to race, race with an air horn on his chest protector. <laughs> I don't know if we can go that far. Well, when he'd use it and he would be way off in the distance, you could tell because you could hear it. Yeah. Uh, it worked every time. I used to run an air Run your chest protector on the bike? On the bike with a little, another touch lever. Oh, nice. Half that touch lever. You just pull on it and oh. it had a full canister in underneath and behind the forks on the right. number plate. Right. Yeah. Well, we would, we would do that to get the people out of our way. And then when we knew we were coming up to our pits, we would blow it and they were ready for us because they heard it coming. Right. This is like a warning. Hey, he's coming. He needs fuel goggles, gloves, whatever. That's a good. That's a good thing to do. <clears throat> we didn't. We didn't even mention your pit crew. Is it mainly your dad taking care of you at the races? So my dad is always in the woods. So he's like a little bunny out there, or a deer, whatever you want to call him. I see him about eight times a lap. Okay. And then uh, my pit crew is my little brother, my mom, if she comes. Um, Brad Whitehead, and then my boyfriend, and that's about it. So, does your boyfriend ride? Yeah, he, he's racing at XC1 this year. Okay. So, is there any chance that he's scared to ride against you? Uh, I'm scared to ride with him. <laughs> Why? <laughs> faster. <laughs> oh, you think he's faster than you? Oh, definitely faster. Uh, I think she underestimates herself. Yes, she does. Yeah. I, I, I'll bet deep down inside, he never wants to go one on one with you because he's afraid to get beat. But Maybe. <laughs> I would bet my life on it. What's your boyfriend's name, if you don't mind? Steven. Really? Yeah. He's great. a fast dude. Yep. That guy, he rock and rolls. Yep. I just yeah. started racing three years ago. He was ready number eight, so yeah. Yeah, he freaking had an amazing season. I reached out to him on uh, Instagram and asked him to come on the show. He said he would, and I haven't heard back from him. <laughs> you guys are busy, right? Uh, he's in Florida right now, training. Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to prod him along to have him come and sit down and talk to me. That's that's pretty cool. So he's there for you. So during the pro race. Are you helping pit him, or are you watching part of that? Well, I gave him gas multiple times and goggles, and I'm watching him. Every lap, yeah. How about uh, training? Do you guys get to train much together at all? Yeah, we try to ride with each other as much as we can. Every time we see each other, we're out riding. So that's got to give you some boost because yeah. you have a a young man that's that fast. Mm-hmm. How? Okay, he can be fast and and not knowledgeable. Is he pretty knowledgeable about his speed, or is it just yeah. is it just natural for him? I mean, he's rode almost his whole life, so he's pretty knowledgeable. 
So that's a good for you guys both to go yes. out and and ride that way. Yeah, it pushes us both. It pushes him to try to pass and me and pushes me to try to not get passed. <laughs> Look, that's a great that's a great duo. Yeah. I mean that's gotta be a feather for you that she's got a boyfriend that's that good, that fast, and that your sponsors probably have to love that too. I hope so. <laughs> if I had, if I was sponsoring you and you had a training partner like that, I'd be overjoyed. Yeah. You know, because you're getting to ride at a higher pace, at a higher level than anyone else. Yeah. I mean, that's other than having, you know, Bryce and Neil or Walker Fowler out there, you know, riding with them. Yeah. You, you have an ace in the hole. Yeah. I mean, when you go to the starting line every time, you pull out that ace card and go, ha ha, come back and freaking and, and go ride. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Chloe's got uh, Adam, but yeah. you know, Jessica's got her husband, but still, that, that's pretty awesome. I, I, I'm pretty impressed, young lady. That's, that's pretty cool stuff. And and I do get impressed not too easy, you know, because I've been around a little while and I've seen a lot of different stuff. But a tag team duo like that, I think both of you are going to benefit from that. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, because um, Steve, just better not go one-on-one -on -one with her because I think she's going to beat you. She's telling you. She's telling you. That, that's awesome. So – I know that we're a little bit on a schedule. You guys came to, to see me on, uh, you know, a Supercross weekend. Unfortunately, the weather's not that great here this weekend. Um, you have some plans, and I hope that you enjoy San Diego and L.A. You're going to get to go ride a works race. Yes. I think that's amazing. Um, if you need anything from us, make sure that you reach out to us. Uh, at any time you have anything for ATV Talk or anything that you want to do, make sure you reach out to me. We'll be more than glad to post it for you. Same for you. Uh, don't hesitate. You know, flyers or, or information. Um, and then I'll reach out to you so that we can get you on the show mm -hmm. and and have you do a, just a one-on-one -on -one with me. Same with you, Bob, because there's so many more things about the old school stuff that you and I can talk about that might bore poor or Hannah, you know. So you could probably talk for days. Oh, I guarantee because there's so many of the, the, the people, you know, uh, Mark Waxdorfer's got a truck like my dad's. It's got a different motor in it. Uh, when he comes over, Dad and him sit out in the parking lot and come yeah. drive that truck. So, uh, all of these things are are pretty amazing. And you know, my dad really enjoys talking to uh, my co when he comes over. My brother and Marty Hart are super super good friends. So, there's there's a lot of history, and I think having a man in, like Bob in your corner is nothing gonna nothing but help you yep. because it takes knowledge to create championships. And you're probably next to XC1 in the toughest class there is. And I'm not discounting Pro 4x4 or yeah. XC2 or any of the other classes, but I just see that Chloe and Jessica are not going to get out of your way. Oh, no. You know. Neither am I to them, but that's, right. yeah, that's what makes it interesting. Uh, just, is it something where um, getting out front first matters or... Not really. Uh, yes and no. Um, some some races, yeah, you can tell which races you need to get out front, but mostly it's just stick with them and see try to find some lines. And that's just, just ride with them. Yep. Just put your head down and ride hard. Yep. And don't hit a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever run into a tree? 
I know that's still a question, but, <laughs> but I mean, like, really ran into a tree. Oh, yeah. Enough to end the race? No. But end the race, yeah. But, but hard enough to know that you did it? Yeah. Well, I won't go riding the trees because I can't. I'm not going to be able to make it. <laughs> I'm not going to make it through that section without hitting every one of them. You know, uh, I, I'm really impressed with you, young lady. Thank you again for yep. coming on the show. I really appreciate it, boss. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. You brought Royal to me into my little studio. I know that it's not much, but I so appreciate that you coming. And I'm not trying to say that as flattery, but a three time champ coming and sitting down with me, especially a young lady with your reputation. Good luck, and I hope that you have an amazing 2024. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Great, great, great. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International, Inc., offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events, builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world, and they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to duncantechinternational at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms, and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter. 